The Mutual Recognition Agreement, MRA, has still not been signed between Europe and Switzerland. So, if you are distributing a medical device in Switzerland, you have to appoint a Swiss representative from May 26, 2021. So, Easy Medical Device is offering this service. Contact me per email at swiss at easymedicaldevice.com. Swiss, S-W-I-S-S, at easymedicaldevice.com. And we'll try to help you. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. I am Munir Lazuzi, a medical device expert specialized on quality and regulatory affairs. My mission is to help you learn how to place a compliant medical device on the market. For that, I share with you my experience and the one of others on this podcast. Are you ready for your dose of regulation and standard today? Okay, so let the show begin. Welcome to the Medical Device Made Easy podcast. Here is Munir Alazuzi from easymedicaldevice.com. And today we are at minus 30 days from the date of application of EUMDR. Uh, or maybe minus 29 days because I'm not recording that uh, directly on, on Tuesday. Uh, so um, what I wanted to do today is mainly uh, try to... Um, see if I can say uh, what you uh, remi remind you like a checklist to say uh, what you should do before date of application uh, who is really impacted by the date of application uh, and what you should not do because I have a lot of people that are asking me uh, should I do this should I do that so I say no you don't need to do that it's not mandatory uh, so I will try to explain that to you uh, so uh, first I wanted to give you a scope uh, mainly of the products that are really impacted by the date of application uh, because by the 26th of May 2021 you have to be ready you have to be following the EUMDR and this is something that uh, maybe people don't really understand at certain point uh, so I will try to, I wanted to remind them exactly what what you have to have ready on your documentation so that you are on, on the safe side so let's start then. So first, uh, I wanted to uh, explain to you that um, the products that are really impacted by the date of application are mainly the class one products. Why? Because those products have no CE certificate. So there is no kind of element to say that they are already uh, complying to a regulation until a certain date, like uh, when you have a CE certificate, uh, there is an expiry date on the CE certificate. So you can say, I am complying to this document or to this uh, regulation until a certain date. Here on the uh, class one products, there is no CE certificate. There is a declaration of conformity. Um, but this declaration of conformity is made by the, the customer himself. So it's not like something made by an authority. Uh, then you have also the custom-made devices. There is a, a, a changes on the custom-made devices, so I would will, I will like also to talk about that. Uh, so custom-made devices, before uh, you didn't need a notified body at all for custom-made devices, so you, you are manufacturing one piece or um, a certain uh, batch of pieces for one patient only, uh, and here you didn't need a notified body, you are just creating a statement, etc. Now the change is that if your product is a class 3 implantable, class 3 implantable, then you need to appoint a notified body for, for him to review your quality management system. Uh, but by the date of application, uh, you have to be ready. So it means that by the date of application, any custom-made product that are issued or that are placed on the market after the date of application should follow the EUMDR. Uh, 
class 3 or class 2A or class 2B or class 1, so everything. So so means if you have a class 2A product, uh, it has to follow the UMDR by uh, the 26th of May 2021. Uh, so be ready for that um, because what, what, what we hear a lot now is that the authorities, I don't know which ones, but some authorities are asking more than just a declaration of conformity and the labeling or whatever. Uh, I heard some authorities asking for class one devices, some clinical evaluation documentation. So uh, it's something that um, was, I never saw that within an authority for a class one device, for example. So uh, it's something that is um, is coming. So it's why you have to be ready for this kind of thing. Um, so by, by being ready, meaning you have to have all the documentation available. Um, then for combination products, uh, so if you have uh, a pre-filled syringe before you had not, you didn't have to follow the medical device regulation because a pre-filled syringe with a drug inside was considered as a drug, so there is, it has to follow the drug regulation. But uh, with the UMDR, the UMDR is amending the uh, medicinal product directive, the 2001-83 EC. Uh, so mainly this is amending it to say. Uh, okay, your product is a drug. It's fine. We agree with that. It's for, it's not a problem. But your drug has, as an integral part, a medical device. So you still have to have a notified body reviewing this uh, device, like a syringe, for example. Uh, so you have to have a notified body reviewing the syringe. So the manufacturer is creating and maybe a, a summary dossier. I have something like that also on my shop. If you want to, to look at that, a template, a summary dossier that you can present to, then to a notified body with all the details that they need to see for uh, your um, syringe, for example, specifically. But uh, you don't need a CE marking on the product. The notified body will just send a, a statement, a letter uh, saying that, yes, they reviewed and everything is fine. And then they place the letter on the drug dossier. Mainly it is that. So there is no CE marking on drug device and drug products, but you have still to follow uh, the, the UMDR per article 117. And I think we talked about that also on a podcast with uh, Theresa Giari. So uh, if you want to go back to this podcast to, to learn about that, it will be really uh, uh, important for you. Then we have also the Annex 16 products. So each time we say Annex 16 product, but what is that? So um, there is an Annex in the EUMDR, the last, nearly the last Annex, there is a, one Annex after that, uh, which is Annex 16, which is for non-medical purpose, non-medical non purpose devices. So mainly it is, for example, um, um, the famous one is the um, uh, lenses that are used, uh, pre, uh, that are colored, that are here just as a cosmetic to color the, your eyes, but no, nothing like uh, helping you to have a better view. Uh, so those devices, similar to that, there is six categories that are listed on Annex 16. Those devices have to follow the UMDR. The only distinction here is the fact that uh, normally, they have to follow the UMDR by the date of application. So by the 26th of May 2021. But uh, there is also a clause on the UMDR saying that it will be, uh, they have to apply this regulation as soon as the um, common specification are published for uh, for Annex 16 products. Uh, actually, the common specification for those products are not published. And the idea is that if this is not published, then um, we have to wait that those common specifications are published. And then we have, I think, six months from there so that the company is applying the, the UMDR regulation so that they are following, if I can say what is mentioned on the common specification and whatever. So meaning that if you have actually a um, product that is on this Annex 16 uh, list, please 
be informed that soon you'll have to follow the EUMDR. So be ready for that. And it's really critical for you because maybe, I don't know, but maybe before that you never had to follow this kind of regulation. And you can imagine that it was really uh, a high, uh, it was really a difficult regulation. Even the manufacturers that are used to, e, to EUMDD, for example, uh, they are struggling with EUMDR. So it's why I'm saying that you have really to, to take care of that. And the last category is mainly the devices that have no certificate at all. So it means that imagine a startup that is starting to, to, de to develop its product. It has not placed its products on the market uh, before the 26th of May uh, 2021. So it has no certificate or no CE certificate. If it starts to place its products on the market uh, or it starts to have a certificate after the 26th of May 2021, this certificate should be an EU MDR certificate. It cannot be an EU MDD certificate anymore. So it has to be a EU MDR certificate. And then on this certificate, it will give an expiry date of the, of the certificate. But uh, if you have a CE certificate uh, before the 26th of May 2021 under, for example, the MDD, then you can continue to place your device on the market until the expiration of your certificate. And this is something that is really, really important. Um, the other thing is also that you have some devices that are class one, but they are up classified because of EUMDR. Those devices, if they are placed on the market before the 26th of May 2021, they will benefit from an additional transition period. Why? Because with a class one, uh, you don't need a notified body. So you are, you are self-certified. But if they are up classified to class 2A, class 2B or class 3, then they will need a notified body. And then it will take a long time for them maybe to get a notified body. And this is why they extended the due date of the transition period until the 26th of May 2024. So for example, if you have a software that is class 1, and because of EUMDR, it will become class 2A minimum, then uh, your software uh, can benefit from this transition period if it has been placed on the market before the 26th of May 2021, that you have a declaration of conformity before the 26th of May 2021. But if you have a declaration of conformity after this date, then this product should follow the EUMDR and should be um, having a notified body, etc., etc. So this is really something that is important for you to, uh, to follow. Okay. Now, let's say by the 26th of May 2021, what you should have available. So mainly you should have available first a quality management system. So some people are saying to me, uh, okay, a quality management system, what does it mean? Uh, so first, even before the UMDR, normally you should have a quality management system, but now on the UMDR, it's written black on white that in article 10, uh, recital nine, so paragraph nine, it says that you have to have a quality management system. A manufacturer of medical devices should have a quality management system. And on this article, it says also what are the procedure that should be available for this um, for for this quality management system? So it says, for example, it should be available uh, regulatory compliance procedure, vigilance procedure, um, uh, supplier uh, search procedure, human resource procedure, etc., etc. So it's it's providing you the list of procedures or elements that should be available on your quality management system. So some people are, are telling me, okay, I'm a class one product. Um, 
do I need to have an ISO 13485 because ISO 13485 is the ISO for a, a medical device quality management system. So should I have an ISO 13485 certificate for my class one device? The answer is no. Um, there is no need of a notified body, so there is nobody that will be reviewing uh, specifically your quality management system. The idea is to have a quality management system because by law you have to have it um, per UMDR. So if you are you are just having a quality management system that is covering what is written on Article 10, uh, Paragraph 9, then it's fine. You have just to go through that, check what are the different procedures available, and then you have to have them available for uh, so for respecting the, the law and the legislation. But there is no need for you to have an ISO 13.5.5. I recommend it to have that because uh, we all know that, yeah, we, we start to build a quality management system at the beginning, but if we are not maintaining that, if you are not having somebody that is telling us if it's good or bad, etc., we are maybe having a ghost quality management system, so something available but never used. And it's why maybe having a certification will help your company to grow and also to have a quality management system that is really helping you because a quality management system is here to help you. It's not here to, um, to, um, to if I can say, uh, put you down or to stop you or to make business. The idea is really to help you, to help you to have a compliant product on the market. So this is mainly the first thing. And we have made, if I remember, a video with uh, Stefan Bolaninger, uh, LinkedIn Live, uh, that I will put maybe on the show notes so that you can look at that. Where we talked about that, we talked about mainly uh, having a quality management system before the date of application and, and what, what is the content, what is inside, etc. So um, I will put that on the, on the show notes. Um, the second thing that you have to have is also a clean, is our clinical data for your product. So we see a lot of class one devices that have no clinical data because as they are self-certified, um, as I've said, nobody is really checking uh, those products uh, because they are considered low-risk device. So if they are low-risk, we consider that there is no safety issue or there is no uh, problem. But the UMDR is clear. You have to have a clinical evaluation performed for your class one device. Uh, and this is something that can be difficult for uh, companies that are maybe selling these products since a long time, but they never gathered any clinical data for their for their products. So uh, this is something that uh, you have to have uh, through a clinical evaluation. Maybe at the beginning, it will be a small clinical evaluation because you don't have so much data. But the idea for you is that you are starting with maybe a small thing and then you are making it grow by gathering more and more and more information. And this is something that we talked with um, Robert van Boxtel, um, where we had uh, where we had a discussion about low risk devices, uh, where we discussed about what you can do if I can say to prove that your product is safe. We talked, I think, about plasters like uh, the, the plaster when you have a wound, etc., on your on your finger, for example. Um, how can you prove that this device? clinically is safe and performant and it's really something that you have to, to have. So safety and performance. What does it mean? It means that you have also, you are claiming a lot of things about your device. Uh, you are saying my device can do this, my device can do that, etc. etc. The idea is you have also the clinical data to prove that your device can do that. So you have to gather enough information to prove that your device can do that. And this is also something that is gathered inside the clinical evaluation. So usually you are using, for example, some uh, equivalent devices or some literatures or, or whatever you can find to gather those information to say, my device is safe and performant because it can help to uh, heal a wound or whatever. Um, okay, other thing is a PMS plan. Uh, so... This is not new. This is something that was already needed before. 
uh, under the UMDD. But what is new here is that you are you have to be proactive. Before we were more um, waiting for uh, so inactive, I can say, or waiting just for the information to arrive to us. So say, okay, uh, I'm waiting for my for compliance. I'm waiting for uh, vigilance reportings. I'm waiting for issues. I'm waiting for feedback. I'm waiting for something from the customers so that I can say, okay, my product is good or bad. Usually, it's always bad thing that we are gathering. Now. What we are asking you is to be proactive. So to go on the market and to ask for those data. Uh, so to check that your product is doing well, to maybe make a survey, to ask for feedback, to get also the positive of your product. So just to confirm that your product is safe, that your product is also not used off-label. So meaning that we are having an indication for our product to say, you have to use these products on this scope for this indication. And maybe when you make your survey, you'll find that no, it's also used for this indication where it's not at all mentioned on any information of the labeling. So you have also to gather those data so just to see if there is an issue here, if there is something that uh, you can correct or, or, or maybe inform better if there is an issue of off-label issue or off-label use uh, of the product. So um, the PMS plan is also um, a part now of the technical documentation. Uh, there is a second part, so Annex 3 of the technical documentation where you have to create your PMS plan. And then if you are a class one device, you have to create then a PMS report. Um, there is no frequency for that. Normally you are making it once and then you are updating that when needed you know, at the frequency when there is some changes or when there is a need here. But for example, for uh, other products, class 2A, class 2B and class 3, uh, it's not a PMS report, it's a PSUR, so Periodic Safety Update Report, where you have a frequency here to update them. So you see that when it is a low-risk device, they are also saying, okay, we are not pushing you to update uh, every year, every two years. It's really dependent on, on the on the product and, and what, you, what you hear, what you get from the product so that you can make this change or not. But you have still to have a PMS plan. Uh, you have to have all those information available. Then we have the PMCF plan. So we have just made recently a LinkedIn Live, so you will have maybe that tomorrow uh, because it's published here on, on Tuesday and maybe on Thursday, on Wednesday, you will have the video, the replay of the LinkedIn Live that we have made with uh, Cesare Magri from Beyond Clinical. Uh, on this video, we have answered all your questions. I mean, there was a lot of questions, it was one hour long about PMCF. So we talked about PMCF plan, PMCF report, PMCF study, uh, when do we need that? Do we need that for a class one? And the answer is yes, we need that for a class one. So you have to have that uh, available. Um, and we had also a video with LNEQI where we talked also about PMCF, so LNEQI from QMED. Uh, so I will put, as I've said, every all the, the links of those videos on the on the show notes. But I think it's important for you if you have not done now your PMCF plan to look at that. I have also on my shop a PMCF plan uh, template. It's completely free, so you go on the shop, so school.easymedicaldevice.com, and there is uh, the shop where you can get uh, the free template. Um, and please have that. It's not so long to fill. You have really to just think about what are the methodology you will be using to gather uh, some detail for on the market. Then uh, we had, uh, you have to have also a change on your labeling. Uh, so there are some elements on the labeling that should be changed. One element that is kind of obvious is the fact that before on the UMDD, we are, we are not asking you to, to mention that your product is a medical device. And now 
on the UMDR, it says you have to mention on your labeling that your product is a medical device. So the, there is a new logo, a new symbol that was created uh, for uh, saying that it's a medical device. So it's an MD uh, with a square around. So mainly this is showing to everybody this is a medical device. And then there is no, there will be no, if I can say, um, assumption because sometimes when we are looking at the product, we say, what is that? Is it a cosmetic? pharmaceutical, medical device, or something else, or a sanitizer like a, a biocide, we don't know. So here, it will be clear when it will be marked MD, it will be a medical device. You can also not use the symbol. You can use mark medical device. The only problem is that if you do that, you have to translate it in all languages that are on the on the packaging. And this is also something important about languages. Um, now it's really written on it. It says that you have to provide the products with the languages accepted in the country. So for example, if you go to France, it will be French. If you go to Germany, it will be German. If you go to uh, uh, Switzerland, it will be French, German, and Italian. So etc. So you have to, uh, if I can say, place the language of uh, the country on the device. Uh, so it can be really a, a big problem for some companies that are, for example, distributing the products in all over Europe. Uh, what does it mean? It means that you'll have to place all the languages in, in the packaging. And this can be a big problem. So it's why using symbols, ISO standard symbols, uh, can be helpful for you. There is uh, the new, uh, new ISO standard that was published uh, with the new symbols on it. Uh, so it will be something that maybe will help you because when you have an uh, internationally approved or uh, harmonized um, standard, then uh, you can avoid to make the translation of this uh, for, for, the, for, the, for the symbols. Okay, so this is something also that um, I talked about labeling on the... Uh, I had the Greenlight Guru uh, session where we discussed about that, how to create a label uh, for medical device under UMDR. And I had made also a podcast episode where I answered a lot of questions about um, labels. So um, how to have that, etc. So there was a lot of questions that were coming from the this Greenlight Guru uh, session that I have made. And at the end, as I received a lot of questions, I tried to answer them through a, through a podcast. So I will also put the uh, show notes on the show notes, uh, the, the episode of the podcast so that you can get that. If you have questions on labeling, you can go there and you can find everything. The other thing that we have to talk about is UDI and basic UDI-DI. So this is something that should be available. What does it mean available? It should be on your technical documentation, on the documentation of your products, uh, but um, it should not be available specifically on the packaging. But we can talk about that just after. So you have to have a UDI and a basic UDI-DI. Uh, the UDI is mainly something that is tracking, if I can say, your products. And the basic UDI idea is just a group. Is grouping is a is a code that is grouping your products. Those um, UDI uh, and uh, basic UDI idea will be needed for the UDAMED registration because to track the product we will have to have the UDAMED registration. And to get your UDI or basic UDI idea, you have four actors actually. We have GS1, HIBCC, uh, ICCBBA, and uh, IFA. So those are the four. Uh, the four entities that can help you to, to get a, a UDI code. Um, and I have made a, a full article of that on Easy Medical Device. So easymedicaldevice.com slash UDI. And you have a full article with all the information about a UDI, how to place that, how to have that, etc., etc. And we have made also a LinkedIn Live 
with um, Sylvia Rengart from GS1 Germany. And there we explain to you from A to Z how to create your basic UDI IDI and your UDI IDI. So we took an example and we went inside the platforms and we created for you, we had created some fake products and then we created a basic UDI IDI and a UDI IDI for those products to show you exactly how easy it is to, to do that. So you can go also on the show notes and I will place the videos with uh, Sylvia Rengart uh, regarding, uh, regarding that. Um, okay, next one is about new technical documentation. Um, now that you have your clinical data, your UDI, your PMS plan, etc., these are, if I can say, the pieces of the puzzle. So you have done that. Now you have to place all those pieces of the puzzle inside your technical file. So you have to fill your GSPR before it was essential requirements. Annex one of the EUMDD. Now it is GSPR, Annex one of the EUMDR. It's exactly the same principle. There is uh, a lot of requirements. Uh, here there is 23 requirements that you have to go through and that you have to assess and to say, yes, I'm complying to that. And one of them, for example, the first one can be about uh, showing that your product is safe and performant, etc. And then you can show that with your clinical evaluation report. So you have these pieces of the puzzle to place there to say, here is where my uh, piece of the puzzle will be will be placed on the GSPR. And you have that all along. You have uh, the section 23 where we talk about the instruction for use, the labeling. And there you will also mention which labeling you are using for your products to, that are those labeling should be compliant to EUMDR. So you place maybe the, the reference of this labeling, etc., etc. So this is a GSPR. And then you have the technical file where there is a lot of sections that you have to fill. Usually it is a summary of information that should be provided on those sections. And then you can place the, the real document like the clinical evaluation uh, or whatever in on the annex of the products. Some people are asking me, should it, should it be on one file? the technical file. No, it can be on many small files. So you make one folder with the main technical file with the summary. And then you can say you can find that on Annex 1 and then you create a, a new folder with Annex 1 and here are the information. The idea is just that uh, a reviewer, somebody that will review your file will be finding easily the information that they are, they are available. And each time you are updating your information, you have also to update your technical file. So it's also something that is important that you have always an, a technical file that is up to date. Um, with that, you have also then to create a new declaration of conformity. So by the 26th of May 2021, you have to have a new declaration of conformity. Um, before you were saying, I declare that I am complying to the EUMDD 9342 EC, etc., etc. Now you have to write a new declaration of conformity from the 26th of May 2021 to say, I certify that I am complying to the EUMDD uh, MDR 2017-745, blah, blah, blah. And uh, I have on my uh, website also an Easy Medical Device blog, um, an article specifically on the declaration of conformity I placed also inside um, a template free of charge of declaration of conformity you go there you can download that and you can get it uh, so the idea is that yes you have to have that available uh, for uh, for the authorities that are asking that uh, immediately so you have you have to issue a new one as soon as you are uh, UMDR so by the 26th of May 2021 question about importers, distributors, authorized representative. So if you are 
uh, an importer, a distributor, an authorized representative for a class one device or uh, custom made or, or whatever, then you have to follow the UMDR. You have to check that they have a declaration of conformity that is up to date. You have to check that the packaging is conform. You have to check everything. Um, I heard a lot of my customer that says, oh, my importer, my distributor contacted me to ask me that, that, that. And I think the importers and distributors are starting really to understand what are the consequences for them if they are not complying to that. So it's why they are pushing now their manufacturers to get those data, to get those information available. And this is something that is really important for, for you, uh, that uh, you are ready, you know exactly what information to provide. So if you have done nothing now, I mean, or you have a super team that can help you to change all your packaging, documentation, etc., and provide everything. Or yeah, you will have a, a big problem uh, if, if, if any authority is asking you by the 26th of May and you cannot provide, then there can be a, a big issue here. Uh, so we have made also a series uh, of um, of episodes with Eric Volbrecht from Axon Lawyer about uh, importer, economic operator, uh, uh, authorized representative, so that you can also get there and you can see what are the role and responsibility of all. Uh, we answer also the question, do they need a quality management system? We answer a lot of questions about what, what they should do exactly. And uh, lastly, by the 26th of May 2021, there is still an unknown situation. The unknown situation is about Switzerland and Turkey. Actually, Switzerland has a mutual recognition agreement uh, with uh, the European Union, uh, which authorizes them, if I can say, to place their products on the European Union market. To play, the manufacturers in, in Switzerland to, can place their products on the European Union market without an importer, without uh, an authorized representative. But as they have not updated the mutual recognition agreement um, to mention the EUMDR, then it means that from the 26th of May 2021, Switzerland will not be anymore considered as part of the European Union for medical devices, only for medical devices. So it means that from this date, uh, Swiss manufacturers will have to have an importer and uh, an authorized representative uh, in Europe. Uh, and yeah, apparently it's the same for people that are in Europe that want to go to Switzerland. They have to have a, a Swiss representative from the 26th of May 2021. This is the same for Turkey. Uh, there is a custom uh, custom agreement uh, with the Turkish uh, government and European Union. Uh, actually, there is maybe some negotiation. The problem is that we have no information at all about that, so we don't know. But if by the 26th of May, uh, there is no signature of that, uh, then it will be the same. The Turkish uh, uh, manufacturers will need to have an importer and authorized representative by the 26th of May 2021. Uh, if there is an agreement, then everything is fine, so we can move forward. The issue also is about notified bodies. We have a lot of notified bodies located in Turkey, um, and you have also some European, uh, some French or German or whatever that are using a notified body in Turkey. Uh, what does it mean? It means that if, uh, normally, I, I suppose, if Turkey is not anymore part of the European Union in terms of medical devices, then notified bodies located in Turkey are also not any more notified bodies because you have to be a notified body to be a notified body, if I can say. So it means also that all the certificates that they issued will be voided. So it means that all the manufacturers that are uh, within this, these notified bodies will be having uh, been trouble because they, they have no more certificate. So they can still have, we have made an episode also with uh, Eric Volbrecht about orphan procedure. Uh, it means that they have to get maybe some uh, support from their country so that they can give them some time to um, to be their kind of 
uh, notified body during a certain time so that they can find a new notified body for the transition. But you can look at that on the on the process on the episode we have done with Eric Volbrecht on, on that. Um, so just information. So uh, Easy Medical Device will be providing this service of Swiss representative. So if you are interested, please don't contact me. So uh, contact me at the address Swiss at easymedicaldevice.com swiss s-w-i-s-s at easymedicaldevice.com and we'll try to help you uh, to get uh, um, the the swiss representative um, as this is something that will maybe last few months because we don't know maybe the agreement will be signed after a few months the idea here is that you are not paying like a full year you are just paying month after month until uh, until this um this uh, this agreement is signed with the, with the european union we hope it will be signed soon but as we don't know we suppose that we have to build this service just to help our customers in case there is a need of a Swiss representative. So don't hesitate to contact me at swiss at easymedicaldevice.com. Um, some last thing. So there are also some things that are not mandatory by the 26th of May 2021. And people think it is mandatory. Uh, the first thing is UDAMED. UDAMED registration is not mandatory by the 26th of May 2021. You don't need an SRN number to move forward. You can place on the uh, no SRN number on the declaration for formality or not applicable or not available uh, because mainly um, UDAMED is not is voluntary for now. There, there is only one module available for now, which is the economic operator registration. Uh, so uh, if you can register, it's good. I recommend you to register, but it's not mandatory. Nobody can say, oh, by the 26th of May, you are not registering UDAMED, so you cannot place your device in the market. Nobody can say that because mainly UDAMED is not fully uh, applicable, fully available. It, it is what is written on the UMDI. It says you, ha you will be obliged to use UDAMED and as soon as it is fully available. And the other thing is that there are some countries that continue uh, to develop their own systems. Uh, even if UDAMED will be in place, they will develop their own systems uh, so they can register, people can register their products on, on the uh, on the country. Uh, we heard about uh, the Netherlands, we heard about other, other countries that are doing that. Uh, so mainly, I don't know, uh, maybe they are doing that temporarily because normally UDAMED will be the real database where you will have to register all your devices but for now there is still some this unknown situation with uh, with those um, with those member states that are doing their own uh, systems the other thing is about UDI as i said before you have to have a UDI code a basic UDI DI code but it's not mandatory for example for class 1 devices to place it on the packaging it's not mandatory until a certain date. For class one uh, that have that on the packaging day itself, so it will be until the 26th of May 2025, then you can place the products on the packaging. For products that uh, will be have a direct marking uh, on, the, on the product because it's a reusable product, so you have to have the UDI on directly on the products, then it will be the 26th of May 2027. So it means that you can continue to sell your products on the market, you have a UDI code on your technical file, you have a basic UDI DI, but the product has no UDI code on it because mainly you benefit from this transition period. If you are class three products, for example, you have to have a UDI code by the 26th of May, 2021. So this is, for example, the, the, the other way. Um, there is still one question that we are trying to answer. I, I try to find information, I ask everybody. Uh, so um, as we have, a new declaration of conformity by the 26th of May 2021. 
Uh, class one devices usually they have to be registered within each member state because I, there are some member states like France, for example, or Netherlands or things that says if you are a class one device, uh, class one device, uh, custom made or whatever, you have to register your device uh, within the, the member state before to place it on the market. So here. It is the case, for example, uh, as I say, on those countries, but there are some countries maybe that uh, say, no, we don't need to do that. As soon as it's placed on one country, you can uh, set it on, on our country. Um, the issue is that, yeah, it's not, it's really not harmonized at all. Uh, I try to look at a lot of websites, but the problem is that there are some uh, Spanish one, Italian one, or other, other countries' languages. So it's a bit difficult for me to find really the right page and to find the information. Uh, so yeah, if you can help me, it would be great that to gather this information in the table maybe with, for this country, yes, you need to register and here is uh, the, here is the, the link for, for the registration to be really great because yeah, uh, I need, I need, I wanted to publish that on, a, on an article, but I, I was not able to find all the information. So if you can help me for that, it would be really great for, from, from your side. Um, okay. So this is mainly what we are trying to cover. If you have to cover, if I can say, uh, within the next 30 days. Um, if you need some support, so contact us, we'll try to guide you or to, to, to provide you some information, but really you have to be ready by the 26th of May, 2021. Why? Because after that, we have no clue what will happen. We have no clue if the authorities will contact you. We have no clue if there will be some issues or whatever. So you have to be ready so that nobody can say, oh no, you have, you don't have the data. You are not compliant. You are in illegality, etc., etc. Um, so uh, one other thing that uh, is important is that um, if you are a class 2A, class 2B, class 3 products, um, even if you have maybe an expiry date after the 26th of May 2021, you have to understand that uh, during that time of transition, there will be really a lot of activity for notified bodies. They are not all available. Uh, so it's something that you have to plan in, in advance. So plan really nine months in advance or maybe one year in advance uh, for your certification. So if you can do that, it will be really great. Um, it will help, I think, a, a lot of notified bodies also. And we are still in some some of the countries, maybe in a remote audit uh, possibility. So this is also something that is, if I can say, uh, not helping at all for the certification. So be careful and try to be uh, to be a... Uh, to be on time for your certification, uh, just to avoid any uh, disruption of the products on the market at all. Okay, so um, thank you. I hope this was really helpful for you. As I said, this uh, this um, this kind of episode where we make a summary again of uh, what you need to to, to do. Uh, don't hesitate. Send me also uh, questions if you want at info at easymedicaldevice.com. Info at easymedicaldevice.com. If you have any question, if you if you want any support, and remember, if you want uh, also to register. Your products in the UK, uh, we have also uh, a service as a UK representative. So uh, just send an email at ukrep at easymedicaldevice.com. I know I'm making a lot of promotion here, but yeah, I know that a lot of customers are, are looking for support and sometimes they don't know where to who to contact. So please don't hesitate, contact me. And if I don't have the service, if I don't know how to do that, I will. I know somebody for sure that can help you for that. So don't hesitate for that. Okay, so was really um, I was really happy to provide you this episode. 
download this information and uh, I hope this will be really helpful for you. So don't hesitate if you are on YouTube to uh, make a like on, on the video, provide also your comments. Uh, if you are on your platform, uh, so don't hesitate also on the podcast platform, don't hesitate also to make a, a review just to say, yeah, you like the episode. Sorry, there was um, a description of the episodes on the, on the, on the platform, the podcast platform. I don't know why there was two episodes that couldn't be uh, released. I'm trying to, to find a solution for that, but uh, yeah. Um, anyway, you can find all the episodes of, uh, of the Easy Medical Device uh, podcast in, um, in, uh, in the, uh, at the address podcast.easymedicaldevice.com. So podcast.easymedicaldevice.com. Okay, enough of Easy Medical Device. So I wish you really a nice week. And uh, yeah, I hope you will have really a great month until the date of application. So talk to you soon. Have a good day. Bye. Thanks for listening. So if you like this episode, please provide a review on the platform where you are listening to it. And also don't forget to share it with your colleagues. Thank you very much.